I encourage you to, if you have your Bible, if you have your Bible, open it up, follow along with me. I'm going to be in the same verses this morning. Shouldn't be anything, uh, I shouldn't be going anywhere else, but right here in 1 Kings chapter 22, I know sometimes when I preach and I teach, I, I, we, we're, it's left and right, and I, you can't hardly even keep up, and I apologize for that sometimes. Sometimes I just want to, it's like I'm in a court case and I want to prove my case, and the way you prove it is by, uh, is by the Word of God, you know, and if I don't say it out of the Word of God, then it's just not true, it's just an opinion, but this morning I want to preach on a tale of two kings. A tale of two kings. And that starts there in verse 1, uh, 1 Kings chapter 22. 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 1. We're going to look at a tale of two kings. And they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. Now let's stop there. Jehoshaphat, of course, it says here is the king of Judah. And it says then the king of Israel. Those are two different kings. And remember, at this time, the kingdom, the Israel, what we would call Israel today, it got split up. There was a northern kingdom and there was a southern kingdom. Now, the southern kingdom was called the kingdom of Judah. And that was the king, they put uh, King Jehoshaphat over him. That's King David's line, King Solomon's line. That's the king, that was basically the, king, the Judah and Benjamin. They were part of the southern tribes, and they created their own kingdom. And then the other kingdom that would be the northern kingdom of Judah, which is by, it says that's King Israel, that is King Ahab. So the king of Israel is King Ahab. He was the northern king, and Jehoshaphat is the southern king. And I'm here to tell you, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Jehoshaphat's going to be the wise king, and Ahab, that's the husband of Jezebel. You've all heard of Jezebel. This is her husband, King Ahab. He's going to be the unwise king. This is going to be a tale of two kings. You have a wise king, Jehoshaphat. You're going to have an unwise king, Ahab. Now, Jehoshaphat, he was a southern boy. He was from the southern kingdom. So you know if he's a southerner, he's going to be okay. Amen. Now, I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not attacking anybody it's, that's from up north or whatever, but we look at y'all just a little different down here. Now, the, the truth is that he was from, he's the southern kingdom. He's going to be the wise king from the south, and Ahab is the unwise king from, from the north. Let's see what happens here. Verse 3, And the king of Israel, that would be Ahab, said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth and Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria? So he wants, King Ahab wants to co-conquer this piece of land that's out there. Verse 4, And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth-Gilead? And Jehoshaphat the king said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. Jehoshaphat says, Okay, Ahab, whatever you want to do, I'm 100% a, I'm a behind you. But look at verse 5, And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. Amen. So Jehoshaphat says, yeah, I'm with you. I'm 100%. Whatever you want to do, Ahab, I, Ahab, I want to do. But let's check on what God, let's check on what God wants us to do. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray, Father, that if this, this preaching will be your preaching, your teaching, Lord God. I pray your Holy Spirit will lead God and direct us into all truth, Father. Lord, you know I'm just a simple man, Father, but Lord, your words, they bring enlightenment. Your words bring wisdom. And Father, I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will move among us, Lord God. It'll be like holy manna come down. Feed us, Father. We want to be fed this morning, Lord. I pray you'd feed us. 
And Father, I pray, Lord God, for all our loved ones that aren't able to be here this morning, Lord God. Some of them are in the hospital. Some of them are at home sick, Father. Lord, we pray you lay your healing hand on them, Lord God. Each one of them are important to us, Father. And you know our love for them, Lord, and we know that you love them. And Father, we trust you've got something working out, Father, in their lives, Lord. And we pray you'll get the honor and glory out of it, Father. And Lord, I pray, Father, at the end of this service, Lord, I want to give an invitation, Lord, if, if there's anybody underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, Father, when we give the invitation, have an opportunity. Come on down and get saved, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your salvation that we have in Jesus Christ, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord God, as we, as we finish up with this, these scriptures, Lord, make them come alive to us. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray, amen. So the first thing you'll notice, the first thing you'll notice here is that, is that you have an unwise king. And that Ahab is unwise there in verse 3. He says, Know ye that Ramoth and Gilead is ours, and we be still. An unwise king doesn't consult God. Doesn't find out what God wants. He just lives his life like Jesus isn't his Lord. People, he, this unwise king lives his life like there isn't a God ruling in heaven that you're going to have to answer to one day. That's what an unwise king does. That's what an unwise person does. As they live their life thinking there is no God. I'll never have to answer for what I'll do. There'll never be a judgment day. And there is a judgment day. There is one coming. To, to some people, to some Christians, they live their life where Jesus Christ is simply nothing but a co-pilot. He's a co-pilot in their life. Like they're the main pilot and Jesus is a co-pilot. Some people live their life like Jesus Christ is nothing more than a spare tire. That they wait till they have to come to some bump in the road. And they get out and they go and they open up and they get Jesus out. And they have Jesus help them fix this problem. And then when it's all done, they take Jesus and they put him back in the trunk. Jesus Christ is not your co-pilot. Jesus Christ is not your spare tire. God's not your ATM. God, the Lord God, Jesus Christ, should be the Lord. Lord of your life. Amen. And a wise king there found in verse 5, a wise person, a wise king found in verse 5, said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. A wise person goes to the word of God, consults God through prayer, and says, Lord, should I do this? Should I not do this? If you're not sure what God wants in your life and you have some big decision going on in your life, uh, you need to find another job, you need to move, you, whatever it might be, you need to ask, Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, close this door. If I'm not supposed to go through this door, close this door, Father. If I'm supposed to go through it, open doors. That, those are great prayers to ask. And sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you're like, I think that's what I want to do. I think the Lord's leading lead me that way. And then you start out and boom, you hit that door and it closes. And then sometimes we get mad at God. Well, I no, God had closed that door for a reason. And it, it, sometimes it takes a year later, 20 years later, for you to look back and say, man, that's the best thing God ever did to me is not answering that prayer for me. But a wise king, a wise person inquires of God, looks to God. Verse, verse 6, Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up! For the Lord shall, be, shall deliver it into the hand of the king. Okay, there. Now, ding, ding, ding. There should be some bells ringing. Anytime you get more than two pastors together and they agree on something, something's not right. And you've got 400 preachers, 400 prophets get together and they're like, Oh, yes, go up. God's with you. God's with you. You need to check something. You need to check something. 
So an unwise king, we found here, the second thing we learn is an unwise king, he surrounds himself with yes men. An unwise person surrounds themselves with yes people. With somebody that's always going to be kind to you, that's always going to be sweet to you, that's always going to, that won't ever just look you in the face and tell you, hey, that, those clothes you got on, they make you look stupid. Go change your clothes. Uh, or, or tell you, you know what, I don't want to hear this. You know, you need a friend that can talk to you like that. That's not always going to say, oh, yeah, everything's wonderful. Everything's going to be okay. Everything. No, if you keep going down that path, everything's not going to be okay. Amen. You need a good friend like that. You don't need to surround yourself with yes people. And an unwise person, an unwise king like this King Ahab, and he's very unwise, he's surrounding himself with yes people, yes prophets. They're only going to preach something that's going to tickle your ears. They don't want to offend you. They only, this, that's all. So yes, 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 everything. God's all yeses. I've had people tell me that. I've had somebody in this church years ago tell me, God only says yes. And I just looked at him like an owl, like, what? God only says yes. What God are you talking about? I'm serving the wrong God because my God tells me no a lot. And I'm glad he does because I'm an idiot. I ask for stupid, idiotic things, and God says, no, 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 no. Well, that's not a bad idea, but no, that's still no. That's no. I'm glad God does that. And a wise king found in verse 7, look what Jehoshaphat does. And Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? <laughs> oh, I love Jehoshaphat. He looks at all these 400 fakers and they're all, all buttering up and kissing up and tickling the ears of Ahab. Oh, go, go. Everything's going to be okay. You just go to battle. Everything's going to be okay. And Jehoshaphat just rolls his eyes and goes, don't we have somebody here that can tell us what the Lord thinks? Amen. So a wise person, a wise king has enough sense not to surround themselves with a bunch of yes men. Men pleasers. Men pleasers. It's an eye-opening thing to read your Bible. And to take your Bible serious, because if you take your Bible serious and you look at this, that's 400 to 1 that you're going to get the right answer. Amen. For prophets, there were 400, look at it, 400, about 400 men. And we're about to call the one prophet that tells the truth. I, mean, I hope that's not true today. I hope it's not 400 to 1 preachers that are preaching the truth, that preaching the word of God. I hope it's not that way. But the way the Bible talks, it's probably the odds are probably more likely like that. But a wise person, a wise king, he says, he, can, he doesn't surround himself with yes men. He doesn't mind hearing somebody tell him something he doesn't want to hear. He just wants to hear the truth from the word of God. And is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? Verse 8. <laughs> Verse 8. And the king of Israel, that would be Ahab, sent unto Jehoshaphat. There is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imla, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. <laughs> For he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. Let not the king say so. An unwise person, unwise king can't handle the truth. Amen. But I hate him. Why? Because he prophesied nothing good concerning me, but evil. Why would God send prophets to always give Ahab bad news? Because Ahab does nothing but bad things. <laughs> if you, you remember this? We've been going through this together. What did the Bible say back in 1 Kings chapter 21? 
But in verse 25, if you're with me, I'll read it to you. Uh, chapter 21, verse 25 of 1 Kings. But there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jesus, whom Je excuse me, whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. Nobody was like Ahab before him. Nobody was like Ahab after him. Ahab was a wicked guy. And he said, why are you always picking on me? Why is everybody always picking on me? Why am I always trouble? Why, why are the cops out to get me? Why are the cops out to get me? Because you're probably out to, you need to be God. Amen. Amen. You know, when I was running like a wild heathen out in the streets and doing all kinds of stuff that would get you thrown in jail, I hated cops. You know what's funny now that I try to live right and try to be a good citizen, try to be a good Christian? I don't hate cops anymore. Ain't that weird? I'm not afraid of cops anymore because I don't think they're all out to get me. Because I'm not doing stuff they need to get me for. Amen. I hate him. Verse 8. I hate him. For he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. But evil. Unwise person, unwise king can't handle the truth. Paul said in Galatians chapter 4 verse 16. Am I therefore become your enemy because I told you the truth? Amen. Amen. Should, uh, am I an enemy to yours because I'm just telling you the truth? Listen, when I'm up here and I'm bad about it, I know I'm bad about it. I've, I've got opinions, and I've got opinions for days. You can ask any of my family. They don't even want me around because I've got an opinion about everything. But sometimes I'll preach and I'll hit different religions. That gets me in trouble. Sometimes I'll hit different denominations. That gets me in trouble. Sometimes I'll hit homosexuality. That has got me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Man, when I hit home, when I've preached about homosexuality and hit it hard, I mean that's got people writing me letters, sending me emails, getting calls. I mean that that's one subject. No, they they just get all riled up about that. But you got to understand my heart. My heart is I am I'm attacking I'm attacking institutions. I'm attacking doctrines. I'm not attacking people. I love people. I have friends that are different of different uh, denominations. I have friends of different religions. I have friends that are atheists. Y'all don't get me wrong. When I hit this stuff, I'm not attacking certain people. I'm attacking, I'm attacking what they teach. It's my job as a, as, as a pastor. It's my job as a, as a prophet, as you would say, as a, like here with Micaiah. It's my job like him to just give you the whole counsel of God. Amen. And sometimes, guys, that's hard to do. I don't look forward to it. Sometimes I'm like, man, I don't. And the more I know about y'all, the more I pull back. I don't want to know about your problem. I don't want to know that you're dealing with certain issues of sin because then I'll, I'll pull back. There's, there's some things in this church that I'll know is be going on with somebody and I won't be preaching on that because I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to hurt you. I'm not out to hurt you. I'm out to help you. But man, the Lord lays stuff on my heart and I rip it and then I'll get the call. Oh, you offended me. I didn't like this. You know, my aunt, my uncle, my granny, my granddad. It's like, man, I'm sorry. I, I'm apologizing all the time. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm really not apologizing. Because the truth's the truth. The truth's the truth. And I've got scripture to back up what I'm preaching. That's why I say, don't get mad at me. Get mad at God's word. It's right there. That's why they don't like this book. They don't like this book. That's why Joe Osteen don't open up the Bible very much. Now, see, I've hurt some of y'all's feelings now talking bad about Joe Osteen. But the point is, that's why he doesn't open up his Bible a whole lot. Because when you open up this Bible, there's not a lot of good it's going to say about you. Amen. There's not a lot of good it's going to say about you. You know what Jesus Christ said about his disciples? He said, if ye being evil know how to give good gifts, 
That was to his disciples. If you being evil, oh, oh, Jesus called me evil. I'll never go back to him again. Yeah, that's the way people are nowadays. Everybody's so overly sensitive. They can't handle the truth, just like this unwise king. I hate him, for he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. Well, Ahab, maybe you need to repent and get right with God. But a wise king says, let not the king say so there in verse 8. Jesus Christ said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, sometimes the truth's not always good. Sometimes it's bad. But, man, I don't know about you. I can only speak for myself, but not knowing is the worst of all. When you go to the doctor and he wants to run tests and you're like, well, what's it going to come back? Now, I just want to know. Just tell me the truth. I can handle it. In the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll give me the grace to handle it. Just give me the truth, the whole truth. Amen. An unwise king doesn't want the truth. He can't handle the truth. Look at verse, verse 9. Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hasten hither, Micaiah the son of Imlah. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat the king of Judah sat each on his throne, having put on their robes, and a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets prophesied before them. So they're all sitting together. The king of uh, king Jehoshaphat, king Ahab, they're making a big show of this, but look at, look at verse 11. And Zedekiah, he's the bad prophet, the son of Chaniah, made him horns of iron. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, With these shalt thou push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. What's going on here with Zedekiah? He's like a lot of modern day preaching you see on the TV. It's a big show. He's made these iron horns. To really, he's putting on an illustration. He's got the iron horns. He's got the big lights. He's, he's going to push forward with the horns. He goes, just like these horns, go forward. You're going to win. And he's, You know he's an elegant speaker. And he says right there in the middle of verse 11, Thus saith the Lord. Guys, that's not the Lord talking. You know what we're going to find out? You know, what's, you know who just said that right there? Thus saith the Lord. That was a lying spirit. Some of y'all are like, a lying spirit? You're about to read it with me. Just hang on. We're about to find all this out. Not every time somebody says God or Jesus, not every time somebody says God or Jesus are they telling the truth. Well, what am I supposed to do then, pastor? Check them out. Thus saith the Lord. Where does he say that at? You know, I had somebody tell me one time something about babies going to purgatory and this, that, and another. And I said, where's that in the Bible? Well, 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 no, no, seriously. I said, I'm not picking on you, but where, where is that? Why, why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me that babies, babies who die go to purgatory? Tell me where that's at in the Bible. Well, 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 uh, 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 my grandmother told me it's in there. That, that's not going to work. Not for me. Now, that might work for somebody else. I'm not, you got to show me in the Bible. And guess what? They can never show it to me. Do you know why? It's not in there. It's not in there. Amen. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. They put on a big show. They put on big sound. They put on big lights. They pull down the big screen. They're big showmen. And it's all just a bunch of big malarkey. That's all it is. Just a bunch of malarkey. But people love that stuff. People love it. They don't want to just 
hear some ball-headed preacher say, hey, Jesus Christ said you need, you need to believe in him if you want to get saved and go to heaven. They don't want that. They want the shows. They want the lasers. They want the screen. They want the, the projectors. They want the sound. They want the whole nine yards. They want the big churches. They want the golden, uh, they want the golden uh, paint. They want everything to be nice and neat. They just don't want some common person with the overalls coming by saying, you need Jesus. They want somebody coming by with a suit. Well, sometimes a guy coming by with a suit doesn't have the truth. Sometimes it's that old farmer out there that knows Jesus Christ who can give you the truth. Verse 13, And the messenger that was gone to call, I love this, gone to call Micaiah, spake unto him, saying, Now behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. <laughs> so they go to preach, and here comes a messenger against Micaiah, and he says, now listen, can't you just get along just this one time? Can't you just say something really nice to Ahab? Everybody is saying that everything's good, we're all getting along, kumbaya, we're all holding hands, there's 400 of us. There's 400 of us that are praising God. We're going to go down and fight at Ramoth Gilead. Can't you just find a way to get along? Can't you just get along? Can't we all just get along? Haven't we heard that before? Can't we all just get along? Not when it goes against God's word. Amen. See, I live my faith. I live my life. I live my very life by what this word says. Amen. Now, I don't always follow it because I'm a wicked sinner. I don't always do everything it says because I'm wicked. But I know it's true. Amen. I know it's true and I try the best of my little bit of ability through the Holy Spirit to try to live these words. Amen. But if it goes against these words, then it, it, it goes against me. Then I, I got to say something. I can't say that it's right. You can tell me, to, and you can try to indoctrinate me, and you can try to send me to indoctrination camps and try to tell me that there's more than just a man or a woman, but that's never going to fly with me. It's only a man or a woman. That's it. And right is right and wrong is wrong. And you can try to get a hammer and hammer into my head and say, no, wrong is right, wrong is right. And it's never going to work because I got too much of this in me right here. I know too much of the word of God and I know it's not true. But this guy comes along and says, come on, my guy, can't we just all get along? Come on. Say something nice. Just this one time, just say something nice. Verse 14, and Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. He said, hey man, I can only say what the Lord says. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. That's all I can do. That's all I can do. Hey, we're living in a time, Christian, where we got all the good stuff. Because like I said, a lot of this Bible, three quarters of this Bible is negative toward you. And there's one good part of it is that God in His infinite love and grace will give you the free gift of salvation to get into heaven. Amen. If you'll just simply put your faith into Jesus Christ. That's the best news I can give you. That's the best news I can give to everyone out there. Hey, Jesus Christ will save you if you ask Him. Yeah, Pastor, but you know what I've done? I don't care what you've done. You know what I've done in my past? God doesn't care. It'll be put under the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why I can go to a maximum security prison. I can walk down into the deepest parts with a flak jacket and go and talk to some of these men that are never going to see the light of day. And I can talk to them about Jesus Christ and I can say, hey, I'm a sinner and you're a sinner, but I've got some good news for you down here. Jesus Christ will save you. And when you take your last breath, you might take your last breath in a jail cell, but you'll be up in heaven with me. 
and we'll be on equal ground up there. Man, that's good news. That's really, really good news. Verse 15, so he came to the king, and the king said unto Micaiah, Shall we go against Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, uh, Micaiah answered him, Ahab, go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. <laughs> oh, Micaiah's pulling one on him. He's telling him what he wants to hear. What he's doing right there is what a lot of preachers do at funerals, including this one right here. You're looking at one right here. That's what a lot of preachers do at funerals. They sit, they, they, you get the call from somebody, and this guy, you don't have any testimony this guy ever received Jesus Christ. This, this person that's passed away, you have any testimony that they received Jesus Christ. They lived a very ungodly life, lived like the devil, but the family wants you to stand over them, over a casket, and say, they were a good person. And well, I can't wait to see them in heaven. Those are hard funerals to preach. And that's just what Micaiah is doing right there. Amen. Giving them what they want to hear. And the best of my ability, I try not to lie at funerals. I try to skirt the issue, skirt the issue, skirt the issue. Man, for a preacher, there is nothing more wonderful than know somebody that knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and lived the Christian life and took their last breath. And when you preach a funeral like that, man, that's a celebration. To know, hey, they're going to heaven. They're going to be in heaven. Praise the Lord. Amen. Man, that's a what? But when you get up there and you don't know anything about the, or maybe you know them too well, and you know they never received Jesus Christ, and the family's over there brokenhearted and crying, and you're up there, and they're looking at you, tears rolling down, and, and you can't tell them the truth that, no, they're probably down in hell right now. Amen. According to this book right here. Not, not where I would put them. But in their unholiness, they can't stand with the holy God. Stuff's not popular, but it is the truth. Verse 16, And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee? That's Ahab. How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? <laughs> Ahab says, Okay, just tell me what really is going on. I know you're lying to me, Micaiah. Tell me what's the truth. Verse 17, And he said, That'd be Micaiah. I saw all Israel scattered, scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. Amen. He just prophesied that, you know what? Y'all are going to lose in battle, and he's, you're going to be scattered to the four winds. That's just what he prophesied. When he said, Tell me the truth, that's what he told him. <laughs> look, at verse, uh, look at verse 18. And Ahab, the king of Israel, said unto Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? <laughs> Ahab said, I told you. He don't have nothing good to say about me. He said, I told you. I told you. He was going to say something bad. I told you he was going to say something bad about me. See, instead of taking the truth and saying, I better not go to battle. This prophet right here, he's telling me the true words of God, and God's warning me, if I go up there, it's all going to fall apart. It's not going to win. But instead of doing that, what's he do? He gets mad at Micaiah. He gets mad at Micaiah. Start in verse 19, but before we get into verse 19, I want to say one more thing about this. Micaiah said, I can only say what the Lord saith to me, that will I speak. And the question might come to your heart when you see what Micaiah is doing here, and I talk about being at funerals, say, well, aren't you going to offend them? 
Won't you offend somebody when you say the truth? Yeah. That's what makes it so hard, right? It's because more than likely, when you start telling people the truth out of the Word of God, it's probably going to offend them. What do you do then? The only advice I can give you is what Jesus Christ did. He just offended them. Yeah, okay. Matthew 15. His disciples come up and the disciples say, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? Jesus Christ had been ripping the Pharisees and they come up and said, uh, Jesus, don't you know you offended them when you said that? What was Jesus Christ's answer? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me call them up. Let me talk to them. Let me go over there and apologize. Let me give them a big old hug. Let me tell them I love them. Let me... No, this is what Jesus Christ said. Let them alone. They be blind, leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Jesus Christ said, no, that's on them, not on us. Let's go, boys. They can do what they want to do. It's a free country. Your job as a Christian is just to give the truth. And it's going to offend. But there's going to be some of us, and I was one of them, that even though I was offended, the truth set me free. Amen. Hey, listen, when I got called into my doctor's office, and I was putting on weight and putting on weight and putting on weight. My doctor came in there and he said, man, your diabetes is getting out of control. You know? And I kind of looked down at the ground. I said, yeah. He goes, uh, you're going to have to start taking shots. And man, I looked up real quick and my face was as red as a beet. And I said, I'm not taking shots. He goes, well, you can do what you want to do. You're going to die. Your, your diabetes is getting out of control. And I was so mad at him. And he, I know he knew it because my face was red as a hornet. I mean, just red. Just, I, I could, if I could have screamed at him, I would have screamed at him. I said, I'm not taking shots. I'm not doing that. I'm not taking shots every day or anything else. Well, you can just say, you have a decision to make. What are you going to do? So I left there mad as a hornet, offended. Went home, talked to my sweet wife, got to talking to her. And you know what I said to my wife after everything calmed down? I said, you know what? He was telling me the truth. I need to start losing some weight. And that's why I lost weight. And the next time I went to see my doctor, man, he was so excited. He goes, man, I could, your, your test results came back, and you're so much better. You, you're, you're almost cured your diabetes. And you know what? why? It's because he had the guts to offend me. Amen. And just tell me to my face, hey, this is it right here. Because some of us are going to be offended. You're going to offend some people. But there's going to be some people that when they get offended, they're going to say, man, I don't like that. But I need to do something about it. Amen. Amen. Hey, not everybody in this room that first heard about Jesus Christ was all like, oh, I'll take that. Give me that. It took us years of hearing about Jesus. We were, we were offended by the message. And we finally came to the truth. Look at verse 19. I need to get going. And he said, Micaiah, this is Micaiah speaking, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. He said, I seen God up in heaven. They're all around God in heaven. Verse 20, and the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this matter and another said on that matter. Wow. God says, I want to destroy Ahab. Who's going to help me out with that? That's the Lord up in heaven saying that. Why is God after Ahab? Remember what he did to Elijah? And to Naboth at, the, at his vineyard, where he stole his vineyard and came down there. Remember all that? God's, God hadn't forgotten it. I know, that was, I know that was a few Sundays ago when I preached on that, and you might have slept a lot since then. You said, well, I forgot all about that. You might have forgotten about it. God never does. Amen. There's always a payday someday. In verse 21, And there came forth a spirit, 
and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? How, how are you going to do it? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him, and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Now we're getting the truth. Micaiah says, But the truth is, is God sent a lying spirit to Zedekiah and all these 400 other prophets, and they're lying to you. That's how it works up in heaven. That gives you a little insight of what's going on up in heaven. Where God's using things to get what he wants done, done. That's why I always tell you, don't trust what somebody says to you. Don't trust what I say to you. Well, how, what is truth? Jesus Christ said, sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word is truth. Don't believe me, but believe the book. Believe the book. All right, verse 23. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. But Zedekiah, the son of Chaniah, went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek and said, Which way went the spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? Zedekiah comes over and he just smacks old Micaiah. Zedekiah smacks him and said, When did the Lord leave you and start speaking through you and not me? Zedekiah is a, like a lot of people that can't handle the truth. Amen. What do you mean by that, Brother Keegan? They get violent. You see this world right now? You see how violent the world is right now? Protesting and burning and shooting and beating up and just some of the most wicked, violent stuff. Those are people running through this country, running through the streets of America. That are simple. There's this one simple problem they have. They can't handle the truth. Amen. They can't handle it. They don't like it. And they think if they're violent, if they destroy somebody, kill somebody, that'll do away with the truth. Well, you know what? They couldn't handle Jesus Christ. And he said, I am the truth. What did they do to Jesus Christ? Well, they only beat him half to death and hung him on the cross and killed him. They can't handle the truth. Amen. They can't do it. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be giving the truth out. Amen. Amen. It doesn't mean we shouldn't be giving the truth out. So Zedekiah gets violent, slaps Micaiah. Verse 25, Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go into thine inner chamber to hide thyself. He said, you're going to find out when you run. And the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah, that's Ahab, and carry him back unto Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in the prison, and feed him with the bread of affliction, and with water of affliction, until I come in peace. And Micaiah said, If... If thou, thou return at all in peace, the Lord hath not spoken by me. And he said, hearken, O people, every one of you. So Ahab says, take this guy and throw him in prison. We're studying in Sunday school in the mornings. In Sunday school, we're studying Paul's uh, book, uh, The Letter to the Philippians. He wrote that in prison for the very exact same thing. Paul was preaching the truth, and they threw him in prison. There's some of us in here, as this country gets worse and worse, and it's going to get worse no matter what happens on election day coming up, this country, as it gets worse and worse, we are going to have to start facing the reality that we're going to, have to get thrown in prison. Amen. Some of us are going to get persecuted. Some of us are going to lose our jobs. Some of us are going to lose our standing in the community. Some of us might literally be thrown in prison. It's coming. I believe it. It's coming. Amen. And Micaiah says at the end of verse 28, Listen, hearken, old people, every one of you. Hey, it's high time for people to start listening to the Word of God. It's high time for people to start looking towards the Word of God. Amen. I'm not telling somebody, hey, you need to start listening to me. I'm not, no, don't listen to me. Read this. 
Listen to this. Hearken, hearken, hear, oh people, every one of you. That's every Christian, that's everybody's lost. Verse 29, so the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. They go ahead and do it anyway. Micaiah told them not to. The king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, that's Ahab, and to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and enter into the battle, but thou put on thy robes, and the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. So Ahab... Being like Ahab is, he says, you know what? I, I'm going to disguise myself, and I'm going to go into battle, and I'm just going to be like a regular soldier, but you, keep, you, stay, dressed, you stay dressed like, you're, like you want to be. Now, what kind of, what's he saying there? You, you be the sacrificial lamb, and I won't get hurt. That's what he's saying there. An unwise king, an unwise king, like Ahab, he pretends to be something he's not. An unwise king, an unwise person, I will disguise myself. He tries to disguise himself to be something that he's not. Now, I'm just going to let that lie there. Because that's the, what I've seen in Christianity. There's lots of people trying to be something, trying to pretend to be something that they're not. Either they're trying to be self-righteous and be some kind of holy person that they're not, or they're pretending to be a Christian when they're not. And a wise king, a wise person, doesn't disguise who they are. Is not afraid what the world thinks of them. See, what's happening in there in verse 30 is Ahab thinks he can get away from the word of God. He's going to escape what God's word said. He thinks he's smart enough to say, I'm going to disguise myself. And, you know, I know what Micaiah said that God said, but I, I'm going to disguise myself and I, I'm, I, this is going to work out. This is really going to work out. Mm, it's not going to work out. Y'all know what's going to happen. Verse 31, But the king of Syria, that's who they're battling, commanded his thirty and two captains that had ruled over his chariots, saying, Fight neither with small nor great, save only with the king of Israel. He said, Go after Ahab. You find Ahab. I don't, don't fight with anybody else. So Ahab knows that, so Ahab is going to try to hide out, disguise himself. Verse 32, And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, that they said, surely it is the king of Israel. Because, you know, Jehoshaphat is the only one dressed like a king. And they turned aside to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out. So the last thing you need to know about a wise king and an unwise king is a wise king cries out to God. Amen. A wise person cries out to God in their time of trouble. Don't cry out to your pastor. Which is okay. I mean, I'll pray with you. I'm not saying I don't want to pray with you. I don't want to help you. But I'm saying the first person you should always cry out is to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jehoshaphat knows he's in trouble, sees the storms coming, sees the trouble surrounding him, and he starts crying out. Verse 33, And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing him. Verse 34, And a certain man, just a certain man, drew a bow at a venture just by chance and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. So what happens is they're in the battle and there's Ahab. He's still disguised, you know. He's, he's trying not to anybody let anybody know that he's the king of Israel. And this guy just by chance takes that bow and goes, Tew! just shoots that arrow, boom. And that arrow by chance is right into the small, boom, right there. And gets Ahab. That's all chance. Yeah, Right. Friends, that's God's hand. Amen. That's God's hand. 
Wherefore he said unto the driver, Ahab said in the middle of verse 34, and he said unto the driver of his chariot, Turn thine hand and carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. See, an unwise king thinks he can t handle it himself. Oh, I, I know I have a problem. I know I'm wounded. I know I'm in trouble. But instead of crying out to God, instead of crying out to Jesus Christ, don't worry about me, I'll handle my own problems. I can pull myself up by my bootstraps. I can, they got all these sayings people say, do anything but turn to God. And that's Ahab. That's an unwise person. That's an unwise king. Right there, he should have repented. Right there. He said, Lord, I'm sorry. I know why this has happened to me. I know what this is coming to my life. And Lord, I repent of it. I repent. I let my wife, Jezebel, get away with what she was getting away with. I repent for doing what I've done, Lord. But he has no repentance. He just sort of tried to fix it himself. And it don't fix. Verse 35, And the battle increased that day, and the king was stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians, and died, that's Ahab, died at even. And the blood ran out of the wound into the midst of the chariot. And there went a proclamation throughout all the host about the going down of the sun, saying, Every man to his city, and every man to his own country. You might not believe this truth I'm about to tell you, but my uh, 30, it's about been going on 30 years of studying the Word of God, I need to tell you something about the Word of God. I've never, never, never found a time that this Bible wasn't true. When God says it's going to happen, it happens. And I've seen it over and over and over in my ministry, in my personal walk with Christ, in other people's walk with Christ. I've seen them doing stuff. I've seen, and I think, well, the Word of God says it, and it happens every single time. I'm not talking about like 90% of the time. I'm talking about you can go to the bank 100% of the time. When God says it, it's going to come to pass. Now, it's a free country. You don't have to believe me. You can say, well, I don't believe that, Pastor. I think you're just trying to, no, whatever you want to believe. But I've been studying this book for many, many, many moons. And I can tell you what's amazing about this book is that it says something is going to happen, and it happens. Do you know what this book says in Isaiah? God says in Isaiah, he says, you'll know I'm God. I'm the real God because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens. Prophecy. Prophecy. What's so important about that? Look at verse 37 and 38. So the king died, that's Ahab, and was brought to Samaria. The unwise king died, and they buried the king in Samaria. And look, and one washed the chariot in the pool of Samaria, that's right there by that vineyard, and the dogs licked up his blood, and they washed his armor according to, according to what? Unto the word of the Lord which he spake. What was that? Elijah, way back in chapter 21, said, you know how you killed Naboth and they washed his blood out by that, by that, uh, right by that pool right there? That's exactly where the dogs are going to lick up your blood, Ahab. And Ahab went a couple of years. What did it say there in chapter 22, verse 1? What was it said? And three years later, everything, by the time Ahab is three years down the road, Ahab said, you know, Elijah said the dogs are going to lick my blood. Ah, ha, ha, that's nothing. Let's go down there and fight at Ramoth Gilead. Ah, ha, 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 ha. And by the end of the day, the dogs are licking his blood. So my question to you this morning, are you an unwise person or are you a, or are you a wise person? Are you a wise king or an unwise king? I hope you're wise. And I'll go quickly over the five things we learned about a wise person. A wise person consults God's word before making a decision in life. A wise person... You have enough sense to spot a bunch of fakes and fakers. 
A wise person wants the truth, good or bad, knowing it, knowing it will set them free. A wise person is not afraid of what the world thinks of you. And finally, a wise person, and the most important one, will cry out to the Lord. Will cry out to the Lord when they're in trouble. Will you, could you say this uh, morning, if you don't need Jesus Christ, I'm in trouble. I'm a sinner. I've heard the truth all my life. I've heard about Jesus Christ, but I know if I was to die tonight or die this morning, I would go to hell. I'm not, I'm not, I don't take any pleasure in saying that. That's what the Word of God says. If you're wise enough to admit that, admit you're a sinner, the Bible, I've got some good news for you. Amen. The Bible says if you'll take Jesus Christ and believe that he, was buried, that he died on the cross... For your sins, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again. If you believe in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. In other words, when you pray to Jesus Christ to save you, you've got to believe he rose from the dead and he's alive and can hear you. He's listening to everything I think and say right now. He knows everything you're thinking right now. He's alive. He's a living, risen Savior. If you believe those three things, you really repent and say, you know what? I know I'm a sinner, but I'm going to turn to God. And I'm going to turn to Jesus Christ and put my faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible said you'll be saved, you'll be saved, you'll be saved. Amen. That's the good news. That's the good news. That's something the world can never offer you. Amen. They can't offer you that. They can't go down to the deepest, darkest parts of a prison and say, I can make you white as snow. But you don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. With the blood of Jesus Christ, the deepest, darkest sinner can be white as snow. Amen. Amen. Do you want him? He's there available. And I'm telling you, what I know about this word, the time is short. I wouldn't be piddling around. I'd get right with God. If I'm not saved, I'd get saved because the time is short, according to this word of God. I think Jesus Christ can come back at any moment. And I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but I hope he does. I hope he just comes back. I'll leave it all with you. You can have it because I'm gone. I'm going up to heaven. All my loved ones are up in heaven. My dad's up in heaven. My mom's up in heaven. We got family up in heaven. I've got so much family up in heaven. I can't wait to see them. But more importantly, I can't wait to see my Savior, Jesus Christ, who saved me and I did nothing. I'm a sinner. Man, when I see that Savior, that blessed Savior, I'm going to run. I'm going to take my tears. I'm going to wipe his feet. And I'm going to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for saving me. I don't deserve it, Lord, but thank you. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. I can't thank the Lord enough. But do you know him? He loves you the same way, and he wants to save you. Yes. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you. And I pray, Father, to somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ, Lord God, that they would come down and get saved, Lord. If they're sitting at home, Lord God, maybe listening to the radio, Father, maybe they would... Just bow their head right where they're at, Lord God, and pray out and ask Jesus Christ to save them, Lord God. Father, there's no special recipe. We know that, Lord God, it's just them putting their heart onto Jesus Christ, Lord God, and calling out by faith, confessing, Lord God, praying and asking you to save them, Lord God. And I know, Father, I've done it. I bowed my head and I prayed and asked you and you saved me, Lord, and my life was changed right then. I've never been the same. I'm not saying I've been a great Christian. I'm not saying I've been a good person. But I know where I'm going, and nobody can talk me out of it. I'm going to heaven, and I know it's because of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray, Father, that there's some people in this church right now, Lord God, that are dealing with sickness, with illness, Lord God. Some Their spouses are sick, Lord God. They're hurting. Lord, we've got so much sickness, Lord. I pray, Father, for grace 
to bear for what we're going through, Lord God. I pray, Father, I pray for healing. I pray, Father, I pray, Lord God, that, Lord, you get some of these brothers and sisters off the bed of affliction. Lord, they can do some more for you, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you can get them back in here. They can help us, Lord God, to praise and to glorify Jesus Christ in every way. And I pray all this in the blessed name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now it's an amazing verse of course talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. Same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. 
And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.